Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. There's no need for His grace when we're in shallow water, when we can see the bottom and feel it. Take us into deep water, Lord. Or we have to trust you. Or we can't do it on our own. We love you, Jesus. We love your leadership in our lives by your spirit. It's time for the children to go and learn more about heaven through the eyes of Colton Burpo. So parents, you can take your children to the nursery and to the classroom. Father, I ask you to open the children's hearts to receive more truth and more of you. That they would choose to know you and trust you even from childhood. Thank you, Jesus. You valued children. And you said we must become like children to enter your kingdom. To open our understanding of that even more. In Jesus' name. Amen. So has anybody not heard of the revival that's happening in West Virginia? I just heard on Thursday. So don't feel bad if you haven't yet. Okay. So uh, I'm, I'm just going to read this news report. Uh, many churches are involved in a sudden spiritual awakening across southern West Virginia that has produced hundreds of conversions, healings, and baptisms in the Holy Spirit. Uh, Billy Carrico of Bethel Temple Assembly in Nolan says the spiritual atmosphere in his region is so ripe, doors are opening naturally. We walk into a restaurant and people are talking about God. <laughs> the Williamson Field House has hosted a number of nightly meetings that have drawn upwards of 2,000 people in a county with only 27,000 residents. People who aren't necessarily going to church are talking about it, says Carrico, who has baptized many recent converts. Every church is being affected. And I'm, I'm hearing that the churches are filled and they don't know what to do about making disciples because they've never had to deal with as many people before. <clears throat> Among the miracles observed in recent weeks uh, is a person with poor vision whose eyesight improved after prayer and a woman had, who had been unable to bear children who is now pregnant uh, there is such excitement that Carrico says youth pastors have been gathering before revival meetings to plan ways to disciple the flock of new converts. And much of this is happening in the public schools and, and in colleges. Uh, in fact, it, it began in one of the high schools in, in this area where a young man who had been healed twice by God, uh, just uh, wanted to uh, be salt and light, wanted to preach the gospel. And finally, one day, God told him, this is the day. And so just out in the hallway in the school, he started preaching the good news of, of Jesus. And after a short message, asked for people who wanted to respond and and 10 people 10 students came forward and and accepted Jesus right there in the hall uh and then an evangelist from Tennessee came to one of the churches and uh they were going to have three nights of revival meetings and and this was like 2 weeks ago and it's been going every night and he's the one who's been going to the football stadium and he was invited to preach at uh, 
an after-school prayer meeting at, at the school, and they announced it that any students who wanted to go could go out to the football field after school, and 400 students responded and accepted Jesus one day. One, one, one day in one school. Uh, God is doing something, and it's, it's spreading across southern West Virginia. Uh, so West Virginia is somewhat like Wyoming. Uh, I think we're we're a couple of the redheaded stepchild states <laughs> that are thought of as last and least in, in the alphabet and in in other ways. And would you just join me in asking God to do that here? Uh, Father, we thank you for what you're doing in West Virginia. We we bless it and we say more. More spiritual awakening, more revival, Lord. But here we are in Wyoming too, and we're we're the last and the least. We're last in the alphabet, not even second to last, and we're we're the least in population. And we ask you to do this here. Lord, raise up somebody. Raise up a people that you would use and pour out your Spirit upon. And and we ask for a spirit of conviction to come upon those who are willing to preach the gospel, uh, that uh, we would see results like Jonathan Edwards did. Lord, bring it to Cheyenne, bring it to Wyoming too. Don't forget us, Lord. In in Jesus' name. Yeah, don't leave us this way. <laughs> mm. So that's exciting stuff. Because uh, <laughs> it's happening right now. <laughs> Hmm. So, I have a big announcement. If you read your email this week, um, you've, you've got a heads up. But, uh, you know, we've, uh, we've been praying into this idea of being a prototype church and a, a forerunner church. And... Uh, <clears throat> You know, Mark kind of confronted us when when he was here a couple of weeks ago, and said, "You know, you you can't be a prototype if you're doing what everybody else is doing." Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, <laughs> you you can't argue with that. So uh, I had this idea. And I, I think maybe it was from the Lord. Uh, but then last weekend when we were in LaBarge, uh, Mark spoke a word over me that just kind of confirmed in my spirit that this is something that we need to do. Uh, is, I mean, Whenever a company is developing prototypes, they try something and they see what was good and what didn't work and then they try something else and they improve it and that, that's how kind of the process works. So um, the word that Mark had for me uh, at Labarge was that I'm called to be a wave maker. And I've known that. Uh, I, I knew part of what he was saying. And those of you who really know me, that that's not my natural personality. I mean, I'm, I'm not a wave maker type person. But the Lord has sometimes called me to make waves. Uh, it was a big part of my last job with 
the state DOT was was to take the department this way when all the inertia was going this way. <laughs> and, you know, that wasn't usually pleasant. Uh, it wasn't often very much fun. Uh, <clears throat> and I, I knew when I left there, and I... I knew that the Lord was preparing me to do that in in the church, and I, I just, I didn't want to. I, <laughs> I said, Lord, <laughs> no, don't don't make me do that. <laughs> this this was like nine years ago, uh, uh, but I, I knew the time would come. And and so part of the word was and and the the Lord says He doesn't want you to weigh the consequences, the implications. He just wants you to make some waves. <laughs> so this is this is a ripple, okay? <laughs> this isn't a big wave, but it's. But it's a, a big change for us for for the summer. Uh, we're not going to meet on Sunday mornings for the summer. Our our main weekly meeting is going to be on Friday nights at six. We probably will will do a shared meal once a month as as part of that. Um, <clears throat> And then we also, at the same time, we're, we're going to shut down the existing small groups and we're going to start a number of eight-person small groups that will meet for four weeks and then we'll shuffle the deck and we'll do another four weeks, we'll shuffle the deck and we'll do another four weeks for June, July, August. And what we're going to do in those groups is uh and and those don't even all have to be in the evening we we could certainly do a group during the day if that works better for some people but what we want to happen is for everybody to share their story with those other seven people so every week we'll we'll get two people to share their story with the other six and at the end of four weeks, everyone in that group will have heard everyone else's story. And that's going to let us know one another at, at a much deeper level. Then when we see one another at our gatherings or, or wherever, there, there will be more here and more here uh, when we relate to one another. So we we see that part of it as as really building deeper relationships. Because, uh, you know, we're, Jesus said that they would know that we were his disciples by our love for one another. That's, that's, that's the way. He didn't give us any other way. But that was the way that they would know. So the move to Friday nights, uh, there's, um, there's a few reasons for that. Um, one is to make a change, but that's not the main one. Uh, we want to give people, for the summer, Saturdays and Sundays, to build relationships, to do, do things that you like to do, and, and do it with somebody from the body. Or do it with somebody who doesn't know the Lord. Go, go fishing, go hiking, go camping, go, you know, do, do whatever. Uh, and, and build some relationship and, and have fun together. 
and and we're we're gonna try some some new and different things in our Friday night meetings too. They're they're not all gonna be the same. Uh, they're they're not all gonna look like like this. Uh, so uh, anyway, the the moves, the changes, um, they they really. Uh, what's what's behind it are are some of our core values, and uh, I'm feeling like I need to teach a little bit uh, on our core values because they define who we are, and uh, we we usually go through this when we do the Vineyard 101 class and. I know almost all of you have been through a Vineyard 101 class, and we've, we've covered this, but for a lot of you, that was a long time ago. And, and trying to cover all of these you know, in about 20 minutes in, in part of a three-hour class, that it doesn't do them justice. So to, to try to teach through the core values will will give you some of the why behind the what of of what we do around here as some of what we do is a little different than than what others do uh one more announcement i guess you may have noticed we have these bottles back there on on the counter uh this is one of the life choice fundraisers for the year and we're to take these home, fill them up with coins or, or money. Uh, if you want tax credit, you can fill out the, the paper on the inside uh, and bring these back by Father's Day. And then we will deliver them to Life Choice. And it's an important way for them to, to finance the great ministry that they do. So, what I'm going to try to do, probably this week and next, is is try to briefly go through uh, our core values, and and we're we're probably going to go a little deeper and unpack these a little more uh, over the summer, also. But this this is who who we are. This is this is who we have been. Uh, or who we have tried to be, hoped to be, <laughs> since the beginning. Uh, I didn't count the number of core values that we have. I, I think there's about a dozen. Uh, actually, there's a there's a list of of these. Uh, Vineyard USA has kind of synthesized these in into five, but we're we're gonna stick with these. <laughs> Because I, I think it's a little easier to unpack them when when they're already this much unpacked, <laughs> rather than just having five. So the first core value uh, that we have in the vineyard and in in this vineyard, and uh, you know, I think most of you know that. We are part of Vineyard USA that arguably is a denomination. It's, it's at least an association of about 600 churches in the U.S. Uh, that voluntarily associate together and, and we share common values. And, and these are really the common values that, that we share. And our our highest value here is experiencing God. Uh, to experience the manifest presence of God when we gather. You know, we, we know that whenever two or three believers gather, Jesus promised that he was in our midst. We want more than just the promised presence. We, we would like to actually be able to sense 
and, and feel the presence of God when, when we gather. And <clears throat> for Joy and I, this, this was a huge thing when we first discovered the vineyard. Uh, worship was, was very different than, than what we had known or experienced. You know, we, we had grown up in traditional churches where most of the time, you know, we, w- we would sing a hymn and have announcements and sing a hymn and take up the offering and sing a hymn and, you know, do one other thing and uh, sing a hymn at the end. And, you know, it, at least for us, there, there didn't seem to be, we didn't seem to experience anything with God. And we, we noticed when we found the vineyard that the songs that we were singing were different because most of them were addressing God directly rather than just singing about God. We were singing directly to him. So the songs were more like prayers. And when we sang those songs, we experienced the presence of God. And, you know, we we both just did did a lot of crying uh, as as we experienced the presence of God and, and God was doing things within us that, most of the time we didn't even know what he was doing, but we knew he was doing something <laughs> because we just, you know, a lot of times we just, we'd be down in Fort Collins at a night of worship and just have to sit down and cry and, and, and just not really know what was going on. But knowing that God was touching our hearts in in a deep place and, and that it was a really wonderful and beautiful thing. And and so uh within the vineyard that's that's what we want to happen. <laughs> we we want everybody who who gathers with us and worships with us, we we want them to experience the presence of God in a real and tangible way. So that that is a huge part of of who we are. And uh, I, I, I believe it happens most of the time. <laughs> and, you know, we, we've had many testimonies in, in this church and in other vineyard churches that, that we know of where, where people are healed during worship and they, they see visions and, and God releases prophetic messages all just during worship. Because when, when we give to God what, what he wants, because John chapter 4 says the Father is seeking worshipers who will worship him in spirit and truth. And when we open our heart to him and we, we give him our worship and our adoration, our love and affection, he gives back. It's, it's not just a one-way thing. And, and that's what we want to happen. And one of the scriptures that sort of is is foundational to to this core value is Exodus thirty three, where where Moses had his incredible experience being able to see the glory of God. Uh, but what what Moses said. Now, therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me your ways that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. And that's that's a great request. Uh, (laughs) Moses wanted to know God so that he could always walk in, in God's favor. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. And the Lord said, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And then Moses says, If your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. 
For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not in your going with us, so that we are distinct, I and your people, from every other people on the face of the earth? And and that's that's our desire. Uh, we, <laughs> Lord, if if your presence isn't here, then we we don't even want to gather. Uh, we're we're wasting our time if if you're not here. <laughs> and and so that's that's our heart is to experience God's presence and and for for him to lead us in into what he has for us. And the Lord said to Moses, this very thing that you have spoken I will do. For you have found favor in my sight and I know you by name. And Mo, then Moses gets bold, <laughs> which is awesome. Uh, I mean, I hope I would do that. And then Moses said, Please show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. So, you know, to be the people of God is is to be a people of his presence. And, And that means being a people of his presence, not just here, but in our homes. And, and even bringing his presence to wherever it is that we go out in the city. That's, that's what we want to be. And a couple other verses related to this core value, Isaiah 56, 7. These I will bring to my holy mountain and give them joy in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. There's joy released in being in the presence of God. We we come away from an encounter with the presence of God changed every time it it you you can't help it <laughs> and acts chapter 3 verse 19 therefore repent and return this is part of peter's message repent and return so that your sins may be wiped away in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. And and that's that's what happens in the presence of the Lord. Joy is released, refreshing for our souls. Uh, we we experience that. So we we want to be a people of God's presence. Uh, number two, the second core value is that we we practice the theology of the kingdom of God. Uh, now, when we first found the vineyard and and we received teaching on the kingdom of God, that that was a, a new thing for Joy and I. And I'd been in in church my whole life, uh, many years in in the Reformed Church and then uh, many years in Pentecostal Charismatic Churches. And I couldn't remember ever having been taught about the kingdom of God. Uh, And so this, uh, it it, uh, caused me to dig in to the Word and... You know, 
Jesus did about 80% of his teaching on the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. And his, his basic message was repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. It, in other words, it's, it's right here. <laughs> and, I, and I think he was speaking of himself, <laughs> but he was close enough for them to touch him. <laughs> and so the kingdom of heaven was right there. And, and so, uh, briefly, the kingdom of heaven is, is the realm in, in which the, the rule and reign of God exists. And, and we know that in, in the life of Jesus, he, he was in the kingdom of God all the time. He, he never was outside the kingdom of God. Because he never did anything but what the Father was doing. He never said anything but what the Father was saying. So he, he was completely under the government of God's kingdom. Every, every waking moment of, of his life. And so uh, as, as a people of the kingdom, we seek to bring ourselves under God's government, to, to bring ourselves, our, our thinking, our behavior, our, our believing, we, we desire to bring ourselves under the rule and reign of God. And, and so the church is not the same as the kingdom of God. Okay? <laughs> the church is to be the vehicle on the earth of the kingdom of God. But not everything that the church does is under the rule and reign of heaven. Just like for you and me, not everything I do, not everything you do is completely under the rule and reign of God. So we, we tend to sometimes operate in the kingdom of God and, and sometimes not. And, and the church sometimes operates according to the kingdom of God and sometimes not. If, if we're doing something on our own, our, our own initiative, our own idea, oftentimes particularly if we're trying to do something for God, uh, it's, it's probably not under the kingdom. So we, we know, and, and I'm, I'm trying to give you as, as quick and basic of a an understanding of the kingdom as I can today, because I, I know we'll get into this more later. But <clears throat> we know at a point in the future, after Jesus' return, that his kingdom will be fully established on the earth. And then for a thousand years on the earth, Jesus and his people, his bride, will, will be on the earth making the earth acceptable to the Father. Because then the new heaven and, and the, will, will come down <laughs> and we'll have the new heaven and the new earth when Christ presents everything back to the Father that's, that's on the earth. And you can read about this in Revelation 20 through 22. But uh, we're not in heaven for eternity. We're, we're on the new earth where the new heaven also resides. <laughs> uh, that's, that's the biblical view according to Revelation. So at that time, we know the, the kingdom is, is going to be fully established, fully enforced. There's going to be no more sickness, no more sorrow, no more pain. There will be complete justice. Uh, we won't even need the light of the sun because the glory of God will, will be enough 
light <laughs> for for the earth uh that's that's going to be amazing uh yeah so so that's what's coming but yet the kingdom of god is here now but it's not fully here it's it's not completely established and that's that's part of what we are to do as the people of God under the new covenant. Our task is is to bring the kingdom, to bring forth the kingdom, uh, in whatever realm that that we have influence and and opportunity. Uh, you know, we we read in the New Testament that the reason that the Son of Man came was to destroy the works of the devil. And that's, that's a lot of what we get to do in, in bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth is destroy <laughs> the works, the strongholds of the enemy, the, the sin, the, the sickness that, that the enemy brings on, on the earth uh, we we get to battle that <laughs> as the representatives of God's kingdom on the earth, and and that's that's our assignment for the rest of our time on the earth and until Jesus returns. So, um, a few passages uh, about the kingdom in Mark chapter one. We see Jesus' first message, uh, starting in verse 14. Now after John, John the Baptist, was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel or believe the good news. And, and that was his message where, wherever he went. Uh, repent, which much of of what he was saying with the word repent was you, you got to think differently, <laughs> and and a lot of what he was confronting in uh, you know first century Israel was the idea that they had that Messiah was going to come and kick out Rome, and restore Israel to its political prominence in, in the region. <laughs> and, and Jesus is saying, <laughs> think differently. <laughs> uh, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's, it's right here, and I'm bringing it, and this is what it looks like. As he cast out demons as he healed the sick, as he explained to the people what the kingdom of God was actually like. Because it was a lot different than what they were expecting. Uh, Luke 17 gives us a little more insight. Uh, starting in verse 20, being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them, the kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed. Nor will they say, look, here it is, or there. For behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. And, you know, that's... That's probably a better translation than what we're used to in the King James or the New King James because they say the kingdom of God is within, which, which is also a valid translation. But he was saying the kingdom of God is, <laughs> is right here. <laughs> it's in your midst. So, you know, how can I explain it to you? Because I'm displaying it to you right now. And you want me to tell you when it's going to come. Well, it's here. But, I mean, we know that they didn't accept that. They, 
because they didn't want to think differently. They, <laughs> they were too stuck in, in their old way of thinking that Messiah is going to come. And, and since they were the, the most religious in, in their observance, they, they obviously assumed that when Messiah came, they, they would be the ones ruling with him, <laughs> which kept them from being able to receive the actual kingdom because their hearts were, were nowhere near the kingdom. And that, that was the big problem that Jesus had with them. And, and Paul gives us a little more insight uh, in 1 Corinthians 4, verse 20, where he says, For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. And, and that's, that also is, is an important understanding for us. And remember, Mark shared a, another passage uh, from Paul that the kingdom of God is, is not just eating and drinking, <laughs> but is righteousness, peace, and joy in, in the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> so that's, that's about all I will say about the kingdom for right now. Um, you know, I think I'm going to go out of order here because uh, I really want to hit um, the ministry of Jesus. There we go. I'm going to do that next because it ties so much into um, the kingdom of God and the theology of the kingdom. So I'm going to skip over to the value of learning and doing the ministry of Jesus. And I, I have to tell you, as, as important as experiencing God in worship was to Joy and I when we first discovered the vineyard, this next one is, is the distinctive that... Uh, made us realize that that this this was our home uh, because uh, <clears throat> we we hadn't encountered any other church up up to that time and and I know now there are other churches that that are teaching this and and this is part of their disciple making process to train people to minister the presence of God to people, to heal the sick, to cast out demons, uh, and, and speak uh, prophetic words. Uh, those, those were things that Jesus did just naturally all the time, wherever he went. And if in, when, when we got connected to the Fort Collins Vineyard and, and we heard about the, this ministry of Jesus class, we thought, wow, that sounds interesting. <laughs> Learning to heal the sick and cast out demons and uh, minister the presence of God and hear God prophetically, that I've never been taught any of that before. Uh, so, but if if we look at the Great Commission in Mark and and even the one in Matthew, uh, what what did Jesus say? Uh, and and that's that's where I want to go right now is Mark chapter sixteen, Mark's version of of the Great Commission. Uh, afterward. He, Jesus, appeared to the eleven themselves as they were reclining at a table, and he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they had not believed those who saw him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. 
In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up serpents with their hands, and if they drink any deadly poison it will not hurt them, and they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Uh, that's that's what the word says. <laughs> the the word says that that we're all going to do that, and and so uh, a part of who we are in in the vineyard is we we accept that calling. To yes, we we are going to lay hands on the sick and and see them recover. And you know that that was a big part of our motivation in in bringing the healing rooms to Cheyenne. Uh, if we hadn't done it, it still wouldn't have happened. <laughs> I, I had three or four other churches that were on board with me through the process until it came time to actually do it, <laughs> and then we were on our own. Uh, and yeah, thankfully, we still have some volunteers from uh, a few other churches who, who help out. But, you know, 95% of that ministry is, has come from the people of this body. And it's a significant ministry to this city. And I thank Kim for leading it and Banji for helping and all of you who, who help because... Uh, you know, we, we bring in training uh, every couple years uh, for the healing rooms, but, I mean, that's, that's just part of learning to do the ministry of Jesus. And even if we can't participate in the healing rooms, it, it's great uh, to come to the training and, and just have a refresher and have a faith builder <laughs> uh, because... Every time during the training, we, we see people healed. And, and, and God is, is doing this. Uh, that first night of, of the last training that we had just a couple months ago, uh, a guy was getting ready to have surgery. Was it his wrist or his elbow? I, I can't remember. I think it was his elbow. Uh, and Anyway, he'd been to a number of doctors and had it looked at, and it was just really painful, and he, he already had the the surgery scheduled and God touched him and and it was completely healed that night and I, I think everybody in that row got touched by the power of God that night and <clears throat> it was it was great uh, and you know this stuff isn't just happening here uh, we were at Landon's graduation yesterday and uh, ran into Mike and Lynn Gross and Lynn has suffered with MS for like 25 years or more and uh, you know I've prayed over her we we knew them in in another church years years ago she's she's been prayed over by so many people for so long uh and you know that's just the way it happens sometimes. But just uh, a few weeks ago, uh, the Lord impressed on her to, to grab a flag and, and go to the front during worship at, at Destiny. And, you know, she, she was, was weak and in pain and, you know, <laughs> kind of complained to the Lord and said, Really? <laughs> <laughs> those are heavy and uh but she did it so she went forward and uh as she was up there uh doing the flags two different uh ladies came up and and prayed for her and she was completely healed uh, i mean completely <laughs> uh no more symptoms at all uh yeah, praise the Lord. And, and same morning, Mike said he was delivered of something that he had struggled with for like 40 years. Uh, 
And that's the kingdom of God. Uh, that, that is part of the future kingdom breaking in right now <laughs> and, and showing its superiority. <laughs> because the kingdom of God is the eternal kingdom. It is the superior kingdom. And one day all will see that. And all will know. Uh, but we're the ones who who should know <laughs> of the superiority of God's kingdom, and 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 we we should be attacking those those works of the enemy. Uh, and that that is, I mean, what we call the ministry of Jesus are are those things that Jesus did just all the time speaking forth the word of the Lord uh, to people, healing the sick, casting out demons, uh, and, and preaching the good news. Uh, those, that's the ministry of Jesus, and that's the only ministry we get. <laughs> that, that's the only ministry there really is, is, is the ministry of Jesus. Uh, so we, we highly value learning and doing the ministry of Jesus. Because we, I, I mean, it is a process, learning, <laughs> to do that kind of ministry. There, there is a lot to learn about casting out demons. I, I've been in school for like 28 years. In, in that school. And I've seen a lot of great things happen and there's still a lot of things I haven't yet learned. Uh, and in, in healing, uh, we're, we're seeing a lot more healing than we used to. More regularly, aren't, aren't we, Kim? Yeah. Because we've, we've committed ourselves to, to learn and, and to do this. Because, uh, I mean, God is the healer, not doctors, not pharmaceuticals. I mean, yeah, they, they can help sometimes. Uh, but most of the time, they just want to treat symptoms. They don't want to get to the root. Uh, the great physician... He goes to the root and it's it's done. Uh, but but there's a process. We don't just decide one day that okay I'm I'm gonna do this I'm I'm gonna go heal the sick and have everybody that we pray for become whole and healed. There's <laughs> there's a learning curve. <laughs> We, we don't have the intimacy with the Father that Jesus did. <laughs> we, we have a lot of other uh, inhibitions, a lot of other issues to overcome that, that Jesus just didn't have. And, and so it is a process, but we value entering into the process. And I, I mean, just the fact that we will say yes this ministry is for us, that, that takes us farther than a huge percentage of, of the church uh, who, who just, I mean, a lot of them don't even believe that stuff happens anymore, which, which is really sad. Uh, and, and some may believe that it still occasionally happens, but it's just by those highly anointed, you know, special people like Catherine Kuhlman and, and others. And, you know, I, I, I've heard so many prophecies about this next move of God. There, there aren't going to be any superstars. <laughs> Sherry, it's going to be people just like us. Just like West Virginia. There's no superstars. It started with this high school kid named Skylar 
something. I don't remember his last name. But his prayer and his boldness in stepping out in obedience release something. And it's it's spreading. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm praying, Lord, <laughs> raise up somebody like that here. I, it could be me. <laughs> I would be willing. Uh, but raise up somebody <laughs> here and, and, and start this uh, here. That's, that's what we want. So, um, <clears throat> I, I think uh, that's probably enough on that one. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll do one more today. Uh, now we'll go back in order. Uh, we're, we're called to be a reconciling community. We seek to be diverse communities of hope that realize the power of the cross to reconcile what has been separated by sin. So we move beyond our, our personal biases, our, our personal uh, old views from our, our old self, <laughs> And we engage even people who are different. People who are perceived to be unlike us, and we break down barriers. Uh, those can be race, culture, gender, social class, ethnicity, and we seek to build bridges and not walls. And this is why uh, vineyard churches in most cities uh, are are part of bringing the church together rather than allowing them to remain separate. And uh, because of who we are theologically, that that we we take an evangelical view of the Word of God, but yet our practice with the Holy Spirit is is more active and diverse. We tend to be accepted by the evangelicals and accepted by the Pentecostals and the Charismatics, and that is the case here in in Cheyenne. Uh, you know, probably my best friend who is another pastor in town is the pastor at First Baptist Church, Jason King. Uh, probably my second closest friend is Tom Perea, who's in an Assemblies of God church. And, you know, we, we love each other and we work together, we pray together. And uh, <clears throat> we want to see the church come together. And, and we want to minister to uh, all of the people of the city together. Uh, we don't want to discriminate against anyone on, on the basis of race or culture or social class or any of those kind of things. And this is one of the reasons that we're we're part of the group that meets once a month on Sunday nights to pray for God to move in our city. Uh, we meet with half a dozen other churches one Sunday night a month, and we just hosted that about five weeks ago. And that's it's because we we want to see the church come together, because God blesses our unity. When, when we love one another, God loves that. Because <laughs> he, he expects it. He, he tells us to do it. Jesus prayed that in, in John 17. And he's still praying it. 
And, and so we, we want to be a part of reconciling. <laughs> huh, Garrett? <laughs> and, <clears throat> you know, we're, we're told in 2 Corinthians 5 that we were given this ministry of reconciliation. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once even regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So so part of our being a reconciling community is seeing people come to Christ seeing people come into his kingdom. And uh, if you've seen in my email the last couple of weeks, uh, World Outreach Day is coming up. It's the last Saturday of this month. And uh, I, I would love to see as many of us as possible uh, commit to sharing the gospel with at least one person on that day. Because there will be millions of Christians throughout the world sharing the gospel with people on that day. And I've got a tool for you (laughs) on the back counter. There's a, a stack of these. This is called the God Test. It's it's just a little tool that you can use to share the gospel with with someone. And it's, it's just 10 questions. And uh, I've, I've done this out at LCCC and talked to probably a dozen people. And uh, most of them were already believers, which was encouraging. <laughs> uh, no one gave their life to the Lord that day, but seeds were planted anyway. And the way you use this is there's, there's two sides there's, there's one that says A, and if you flip it over, the other side says B. And the first question is, uh, do you believe in God? And if they believe in God, then you start with B for believe, and then you go in and you ask the next question. How would you describe God? <laughs> And then you just keep going from there. And it, uh, you know, I don't even want to train you in how to do this. Because it's about having a dialogue with another human being about the one who created them. (laughs) And the Holy Spirit is very capable of giving you the words (laughs) that you will need right when they're needed. So if, if they don't believe in God, then you use side A, which is for atheist. <laughs> and you, you open it up. And so what are the main reasons you don't believe in God? And you, you just go on from there. And like I said, it's, it's about having a dialogue about the most important issue uh, in your life and, and the other person's life, and, and you, you just want to find out what, what it is they believe. And, and it, it'll give you an opportunity to possibly share the gospel with them and, and possibly even see someone make a commitment 
because you know when when I was little and I was sharing the gospel with with other little kids and using the four spiritual laws uh it seemed like it was it was pretty hard to find someone who hadn't heard the gospel it's not hard anymore <laughs> it's it's really not hard anymore and you know you you could be the first one to get someone to actually think about spiritual things and you know what an honor that is to wow you really never thought about this stuff before well i can share a little bit with with you if you'd like to hear it about you know what what i've seen what i've experienced but it's it's a good tool so take one and uh <clears throat> we'll we'll talk a little bit more next week cuz uh we could send out some teams on that last saturday of may and and do some interesting servant evangelism things that we've done in the past or you can just go out on your own and and uh have fun but that's what it means to be part of a reconciling community we want to see people reconciled to each other but really we we want to see them reconciled to god because that's where their life will change <laughs> and if they can get reconciled to god all the other reconciliation in their life is way easier <laughs> it's it's hard to start with this stuff <laughs> uh until you've already uh, been reconciled to god So any any questions about any of the values that we went over today? Comments? Testimonies? No, okay. Well, let's pray. <laughs> hmm. Father, I, I thank you that uh that we are a fellowship that is needed in in this city. I thank you that you have a place for us in this city in in the church of Cheyenne. Uh I thank you that you have a uh, a physical home for us. And and we ask Lord that that would come forth um as soon as you're ready and we're ready and that you'd make us ready. Uh Lord, I I pray you'd give us your heart for those who are not yet reconciled to you i pray you take us further in doing the ministry of jesus lord may we truly be a people of your presence And Lord, I I pray that on uh, the last Saturday of this month that we would see people reconciled to you. Uh, that we'd even see people healed. People experience your presence. As you just love to do that. So Lord, thank you for who you are and for all that you've done for us. In Jesus name. Amen.